أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله لا يستحيي أن يضرب مثلا ما بعوضة فما فوقها فأما الذين آمنوا فيعلمون أنه الحق من ربهم وأما الذين كفروا فيقولون ماذا أراد الله بهذا مثلا يضل به كثيرا ويهدي به كثيرا وما يضل به إلا الفاسقين رب الشرح صدري ويسر لي أمري وحد العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وله ثم أما بعد Moving on we read Allah Azza wa Jal says إن الله لا يستحي أن يضرب مثلا there is no doubt it is not Allah that is embarrassed to strike an example. Striking examples is an Arabic figure of speech. We don't really use it in English. We say give an example, offer an example. Daraba mathalan in Arabic, it's used because an example is something that captivates an audience. Just like when you strike something, it makes a loud noise and everybody's attention is turned towards the, the place from which the sound came. Also, it implies that there is an impact of that audience. Not literally, but figuratively speaking, when you give an example, it should carry an impact. It should impact the one listening to it, it should impact the way they think about things, impact their understanding. That's the implications of daraba mathalan, it occurs oftentimes in the Qur'an. So Allah says, Allah for sure is not embarrassed that He would strike an example, مَا بَعُوضَةً فَمَا فَوْقَهَا Whatever it may be, a mosquito, or even something above and beyond that. In other words, above and beyond that in being minuscule. Now, this idea of giving the example of a mosquito or something even above it, how come Allah uses this particular phrase? There are several commentaries about this. Uh, you know, in Surah Al-Hajj, Allah dedicates an entire passage to making us reflect upon a single fly. Those of you, those who you call on other than Allah can't even create a fly, even if they all got together for that purpose. So here he talks about a mosquito. And you know, it's interesting that back in the day, a millennium and a half ago, people might say, what's the point of talking about a mosquito? But today we know how many millions of lives are lost to malaria. <laughs> how heavy a mosquito can be. Right? SubhanAllah. So above and beyond that, and you know, uh, Shaykh Zanadani, who his opinions, not, not all the time do I agree with them, but he's, he's done some great uh, research on correlation between scientific phenomena and the Qur'an, and he talks about how there is bacteria on top of the mosquito. So Allah didn't just say, even smaller than that, He said above it. So فَمَا فَوْقَهَا So He kind of takes it literally. But looking at the language of the Arabs back in the day, when you look at فَوْقَهَا in its classical meaning, the interpretation is above and beyond it. Even as small as a mosquito, or it could even be smaller than that. He's not, exa- he's not embarrassed to give such examples. But the point is, why not? Why would he give such examples anyway? You see, the example is never the point. The point is a lesson that's behind the example. So if to make that point, Allah uses something small or something big, that's not the problem. The problem is you're missing the point. So in order to get the point across, the teacher, as we do now, the teacher will use whatever means at his disposal to best teach that lesson. And if that lesson is best taught by means of a mosquito, then that be it. Now, Tie this, you won't under- appreciate what's coming in this ayah fully until you go back to the very beginning of this surah. Allah Azza wa Jal talked about this book as guidance. 
Later on, he talked about this book as a, a miracle which cannot be du duplicated. Now the people who fail to duplicate it have to come up with some justification for not believing in it. So here's the second line of justification. Come on, what kind of examples are these? What's he talking about? Like Nodeki, a famous orientalist, talked about how come God, your, your God in the Quran, he talks about someone falling from the sky. You know, Whoever does shirk with Allah is like the one falling from the sky. He goes, this is silly. What do you mean falling from the sky? So in other words, they couldn't come up with anything else, so they go after the examples that Allah Azza wa Jal gives. And so he says, As for those who actually believe, they already know then that this is the truth from their master. The fa here, fa amanu means specifically tied to this discussion. In other words, when believers hear the example, whether they understand it fully or not, whether they get it or not, the first response they have is, this is definitely truth from their master. This is truth from their master. They submit their intellect before this example. You know, just something else about examples, examples are a big part of the Qur'an. Allah gives examples and parables often. And sometimes they can be quite complex. They, they require a lot of reflection and study and background and analysis. But Allah Azza wa mentions in Qur'an, وَتِلْكَ الْأَمْثَالُ نَضْرِبُهَا لِلنَّاسِ وَمَا يَعْقِلُهَا إِلَّا الْعَالِمُونَ These are examples we give for people. In other words, the purpose of the example is benefiting people. But he says nobody understands them except people of actual knowledge. People of actual knowledge. In other words, without proper knowledge, you cannot read, you cannot study or, or read an example in a shallow translation and assume that you get what is being said. It requires knowledge. It's a prerequisite for understanding the example properly. So Allah says, فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فَيَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّهُ الْحَقُّ بِالرَّبِّهِمْ As for those who believe, they already know. Then they know that this is the truth from their master. وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فَيَقُولُونَ مَاذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِهَذَا مَثَلًا As for those who disbelieve are concerned, then they say, what does Allah intend by using this as an example? Now there's a difference in language here. If Allah said, مَاذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِهَذَا الْمِثَالِ أَوْ بِهَذَا الْمَثَلِ the language would have been different. That would have been, and sometimes translations do, don't make this distinction. They say, what does Allah intend by this example? Actually, that's not an illegitimate question. Even a mufassir asks the question, what does Allah mean by this example? And that's not what the ayah is saying. The ayah says, مَاذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِهَذَا مَثَلًا تَمْيِيزٍ This is a different kind of Arabic here. How I'm translating it is, what does Allah intend by using this? As an example. In other words, they're pointing at the object of the example, be it a mosquito, a mountain, whatever it may be. They're saying, what's the point of talking about that? In other words, they don't have a problem with the, with the lesson of the example, because they don't even know there's a lesson. They're caught up in the objects that are being used in the example. So, مَاذَا أَرَضَ اللَّهُ بِهَذَا مَثَلًا يُضِلُّ بِهِ كَثِيرًا وَيَهْدِي بِهِ كَثِيرًا Subhanallah. Allah Azza wa mentions, He's talking about Qur'an and the example. Within the, within the Qur'an, He's talking about the mathal. He says, He misguides with it many. He misguides with the example many. وَيَهْدِي بِهِ كَثِيرًا And He guides with it many as well. Now, this it could refer to the example, and this it could be Allah taking, basically looking at a macro view and saying, talking about the entire Qur'an. Saying that Allah Azza wa Jal will guide, misguide and guide by means of the same revelation. Oh, what, is that? what in the world does that mean? That means it's entirely dependent upon the intentions and the motives of the one approaching this book. The one who comes to this book trying to find criticisms will find nothing but criticisms. You know, you, you must have heard the interview on CNN of the guy that from the church who wants to burn the Qur'an. 
right? They've read it too. They'll quote ayat to you also. But when they come with poison in their minds, they will only get poison inside the book. They won't get any guidance out of it. You have to come to it with an attitude of pursuing guidance to get guidance out of it. And by the way, most people come to the book with the wrong attitude. And Allah mentions the majority first, يُضِلُّ بِهِ كَثِيرًا Then وَيَهْدِ بِهِ كَثِيرًا The ones he guides with it, he mentions later. Because they're a smaller group and they're a minority. But then he makes sure you and I understand, وَمَا يُضِلُّ بِهِ He does not misguide with it at all. إِلَّا الْفَاسِقِينَ Except those who are inherently corrupt. In other words, that misguidance, the people coming to the Qur'an and then finding misguidance, can only happen if someone had corruption inside them to begin with. That ingredient of seeking taqwa, seeking guidance, that ingredient was missing. That's when they would find corruption and guidance, or, or misguidance in the Qur'an. By the way, all of the deviated offshoots from mainstream Islam, from Ahlul Sunnah Islam, all of them quote the Qur'an. All of them. From the Ismaili to the Qadiyani, whatever movement you talk about, they believe in prophets after the Messenger of Allah, Ma'adullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Even the Baha'is will quote something from the Qur'an. Even they will quote something from the Qur'an. So if you have a corrupt intention, you will also find something in this book that you will make the basis of your, your false religion. SubhanAllah. So he says, وَمَا يُضِلُّ بِهِ إِلَّا الْفَاسِقِينَ